just remain standing. About half of you got down before I said that, right? It's good exercise. We need to, we need to work out this morning. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Hebrews. book of Hebrews chapter number 2. It's not a book that I spend a whole lot of time preaching out of, but it is a wonderful book. Hebrews chapter 2, we're going to preach from verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. The Bible says this, it says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard Him. God also bearing them witness both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and the gifts of the Holy Ghost according to His own will. Let's pray. Father, we love You, Lord. Thank You this morning. Thank you for allowing us to be here, and, and thank you for the, the good folks we have here this morning. God, I just pray that you would bless them for their effort to come to the house of God. And Lord, I thank you for the spirit that was in the singing and, and all that you've accomplished this morning. But God, I pray that you would continue to minister through the sermon. And God, I just pray that you would use me as your vessel. God, help me uh, to do your will this morning and preach what you would have me to preach, nothing more, nothing less. And God, I just pray that the Holy Spirit would, would move this morning, God, and that you would deal with hearts where hearts need to be dealt with. And Lord, that if there's anybody lost here this morning, God, that they could be saved. And that, Lord, they could come to know you as their Savior. God, I thank you for the opportunity to stand this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to take a quick poll, and this is just a simple question. But if you've got your Bible open still, just, just, just a question. How many of you, if you look at the, the title of Hebrews, does it say in your Bible, the epistle of Paul to the apostle of the Hebrews? Does anybody say that this book was written by Paul? Just a question. Anybody at all? Joanna's Bible says that. Cecil, he he's, he's, has this deer-in-the-headlight look on his face. He don't even know who Paul is this morning, so pray for Cecil. We don't really know who wrote this book, and, and some period, did you know this, and this is just a little bit of pastoral information from you, some preachers will not even preach from the book of Hebrews because they're not sure who wrote it. Did you know that? That, that sounds crazy, and you think that's insane, but some preachers won't touch Hebrews because they say, well, did Paul write it, or did somebody else write it? We're not sure. So I'm going to settle that for you this morning before we get into the sermon. Is that okay for you, Tanner? You want to know who wrote the book of Hebrews, don't you? God did. Amen? Because we believe that the Bible was inspired by God. Don't you believe that this morning? I believe that this wonderful word that we have was men were inspired thousands of years ago to write this word down. And you know what's great about the Bible is, is a lot of books, they go out of style really fast, don't they? Some of you growing up as, as, as younger children and, and Back in, back in my day, I say back in my day, that's not been that terribly long ago, but back in 2004 when I was in high school, you know what was the big thing going around? Harry Potter. Y'all remember Harry Potter? 
Nobody read that, and, and I'm glad you didn't. I don't, I don't care for that stuff, but that was the big thing. And, and now we've moved on to different stuff, and now that stuff is, is a little bit out of style. And I'm looking at you, Sister Joanna. I know why everybody's turning to look at you, but, but things change, right? Books change, and authors change, and folks change throughout the years, but the Bible is still as relevant today as it was when this, this, this word was written down. Wouldn't you agree with that statement? And so I want you to understand that when you read your Bible, and I hope that you do read your Bible, I hope that you don't depend on just, just me reading the Bible and, and giving you a little sermon from it, and that's all you do. I hope you read your Bible. And so I hope when you read your Bible that when you open it up that you pray and say, God, speak to me through this because I need this word in my life today. I hope that you do that. And so we arrive here in Hebrews chapter number 2. Hebrews was generally written to Jewish people, but we can still glean so many things to it. And, and, and whoever wrote this, and if I slip and say the Apostle Paul said, just forgive me, okay? That's who I believe wrote it, but ultimately God wrote it. So the, the Bible says here, it says, Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Now, I'm not going to preach really on a person this morning other than God. This is not a character sermon. This is simply about life application of the Bible. If there's ever a time that we needed the Word of God, it's right now. It's the day that we live in. Now, we've always needed the Word of God, but, but see, things are happening that have never happened before. People are, are it seems, more wicked than they've ever been, and, and so many things are happening. So if Christians need the Bible, it's now. If lost people need the Word of God, it's today. And he said, take heed, he said, to the things which you have heard. He said, we ought to give more earnest heed. We ought to pay attention to what our Word says. See, the thing about the Bible is that you can read it from cover to cover. And, and, and I'm for that. I'm a proponent of reading your Bible from cover to cover. I know it gets kind of boring and it gets a little monotonous. Like, I get that. I, I'm not saying that you're going to get to the book of Lamentations and say, Glory, this is good stuff. This is awesome. But what I'll say is that it is still relevant. And, and whatever the Bible says, it says it because you are to live by what it says. Would you agree with that statement? People want to know how to live, don't they? You know, there's all kinds of infomercials and things that say you can, you can have a better life if you'll just take this pill. You ever saw those commercials? And, and, and so every once in a while, my wife gets ideas. She does. And she'll say, here, I got you these pills. Why don't you take them? Which tells me this, that, that Lacey has seen a problem in me somewhere. And she said, I'm going to try to take care of that deficiency with this bottle of pills. And so she'll give them to me and, and try to improve my life. And this week she did something that, that I never thought I would see coming. She said, Friday morning she got up, and, and this is to make my life better. This is where I'm going with this. She gets up Friday morning. She said, I made you breakfast. I said, that is so sweet. Because I love it when my wife makes me breakfast. That's my favorite meal of the day. All right, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, bacon, eggs, sausage, biscuits, gravy. Uh, I don't want any cinnamon, anything like that. Nothing with cinnamon on. I want breakfast. And she, I said, what did you make me, sweetheart? And she said, a banana and spinach smoothie. <laughs> I said, what? Uh, 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 did you make that? Yes, you did. And she made that for me. And... Uh, 
And I said, well, I said, I appreciate that. And I said, where's it at? And she said, it's in the freezer. And so I opened the freezer up, and I looked, and it's sitting there in a mason jar, of all things. And it, and it looks, it's green, you know, green slime. And uh, she said, get a straw. That'll make it easier to drink. And I thought, okay. And, uh, and I, said, I said, why? She said, well, it'll help you lose weight. <laughs> so if you want to be humbled by your wife, man, if, you ever, if your wife ever makes you a spinach and strawberry smoothie, there's a reason for that. She thinks you're getting a little, a little tight around the waistline. Amen. But she's trying to help me, okay? That's what I'm trying to say. And I appreciate that. You know what? I appreciate that my wife is looking out for me. Husbands, aren't you glad that sometimes your wife looks out for you in ways you don't even know about? Tanner, aren't you glad that Lacey does that for you? Not my Lacey, your Lacey. <laughs> Make Tanner a smoothie too, okay, sweetheart? <laughs> but he said we ought to take the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Why? Did you know that a lot of times when we read the Word of God, that we see the Bible as a lot of shall nots. You ever think about that? You read the Ten Commandments from Exodus chapter 20, and what a lot of times what we see is we see thou shalt not, and then this, 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 and this, and all these things. And a lot of times, if we're not careful, the way that we read our Bible is that we read it as a book that is here to punish us. Anybody ever read it like that? Uh, amen or oh me. It's okay. You don't really have to say anything. But see, growing up, when I, was, when I was growing up and I would read the Bible and we would go to Sunday school and, and things and I would hear the preacher preach, I always thought, man, God must be mean. Because he's given us all these things that we can't do. And God, he must not want us to, to, to have fun or, or do anything in life. And he gives us all these. And, and for a long time, those are the things that I heard. I'm talking about things that you hear. You see that in verse 1, right? Take more earnestly to the things that you have heard. But I want to tell you this morning that God did not give you the Bible just to punish you, okay? That's not the intention of the Word of God. The intention of the Word of God is this, so that you can be more like God. So that you can read the Bible and you can say, well, if I'm not supposed to kill, then what should I do? Well, maybe I should help give people life if I can. I'm not supposed to steal, so maybe I should help people. And so the, the way I, I view the Bible now when I read it is I view it as a book of thou shalt. Things that are good. Things that will help my life and help improve me because God is, is working on me. Has anybody ever heard that old song, He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be? You know, when God saved me, I wish that he would have made me perfect. I really do. That would be a wonderful thing if that when God saved me, he would have taken every bit of wrongdoing out of me and said, all right, you're perfect and you're going to be just like me. But no, he, he saved me and then he put me on the road to sanctification and he gave me his word. God speaks to me through the word of God and I have heard these things. And he said this, the writer said that we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard and why is that lest at any time we should let them slip lest at any time we should let them slip now there's two major words that I'll focus on and two things that I want to talk about and the first one is in verse number one and it's letting some things slip 
I'm, and you say, you've probably heard, you know, I let that one slip. People will say a word that they shouldn't say and, that, well, that just slipped. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about doing, not doing the things that you're supposed to do, things that you ought to be doing that we tend to let slip. See, the, the reason, believe this or not, and it, it's probably going to be or not, I, when I was in my mid-20s, I was somewhat in shape, all right? I, was, I probably weighed 200 pounds, and I know what y'all are thinking. You don't look like you weigh much more than that now, preacher. I know you're thinking that, but anyways, <laughs> I, I, I was fairly in shape. We were playing church league softball, and everything was going good. And then gradually, you know what I stopped doing? I stopped exercising. I stopped eating good. And I stopped doing the things that I should. And, and now Lacey's feeding me smoothies to try to reverse the effects of years of bad decisions. Is anybody understanding what I'm saying? Are, are you with me this morning? Do you, do you kind of get it? And so what tends to happen is that a lot of times... We'll be really close to God. And we'll have, we'll have seasons and times in our life when we say, man, our relationship with God is where it needs to be. Now, we're always trying to move closer to God. Would you agree with that statement that every day as a Christian, you should be trying to move closer to God in every single aspect and facet of your life? And I wrote these things down. This, this was a really good thing that I re read in a book this week. It, it talked about our spiritual disciplines. And you think, well, what are Christians? What should we do? And this guy wrote these down. And I think this is a list of five things. I'm not going to preach them as, as points. But he said that Christians should always reflect on the good things of God. They should always pray. They should always have a Sabbath and rest from the cares of this world. And then they should repent of their sins and they should worship. That, that's five things. Those are really awesome things. But see, a lot of times is, is we'll be doing those things and we'll be close to God and we'll be where we need to be and then all of a sudden uh, we'll just let one of them slip. Everybody's quiet. I must, be, I must have hit a nerve, you reckon? I'm just preaching the Bible, okay? Is that all right? And so, so many times what I've seen is people will get saved and they'll get close to God for a little while, and then all of a sudden things just kind of, you know, they don't just drop off, because if everything just dropped off all at once, you would notice, wouldn't you? But see, what Satan wants to do to you as an individual, to you as a Christian, Satan is out to get you this morning. Did you know that? First Peter chapter 5 said that Satan is walking about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Is he trying to seek lost people and devour them? I don't believe so. I think he's after the Christians. He's after the church this morning. Amen? And so what he'll do is, is he'll, he'll talk you out of things. And he'll say, well, you know, it's okay. You prayed yesterday. You read your Bible yesterday. Well, it's okay if I miss those things. It's okay if we don't do this. Hey, it's okay if you, if you commit this little sin. It's okay if you don't repent. And, and all these other things. And eventually, you'll find yourself in a place that is terrible. And you'll be out of the will of God. You, wanna, you, you, you know churches are getting smaller, right? I've told you that, didn't I? Have anybody noticed that? I talked to a pastor yesterday. He said 50% of his congregation has not come back from COVID. You know where he pastors? Putnam County, Tennessee. 
Man, that hurts, don't it? 50%. And I thought, my goodness, if we have something else and another 50% leaves his church, then he's down to 25%. I just want to say thank you, Lord, for, for Cookville Free Will Baptist. Amen? Because we've, we've had pretty good, we've had folks coming, and I appreciate that, and, and we're, trying to, we're trying to be smart, you know. But, but listen, the church can't afford to lose 50% of its people and a lot of the reason I think that we're getting in that shape is, is not to do with any virus. It's not to do with, with anything. It's, it's to do with the fact that a lot of people are out of the will of God. <laughs> See, I, I have to say these things because I believe time is short. And I want to be as honest with you as I possibly can because we don't have time to, to act like this thing is not real because this is real. Jesus is coming soon. Amen. And so it is my responsibility as a pastor to preach the truth. And let me tell you, he said, he said, take heed unless some things start to slip. The the out of the will of God, being out of the will of God is a very miserable place to be. When I was 18 years old, I was called to preach. How old were you when you were called to preach, Mason? 18? Okay, so there you go. And so when I was 18, I was called to preach. God called me to preach. And he spoke to me, and, and he said, it's time for you to preach. And, and it was one of those things. I grew up in church, you know, and, and so people, I guess they kind of expected it. But here's, here's what happened. Is I was called to preach, and I went and talked to my pastor about it because, because I think that's where you need to go. You need to talk to God, and then if you're a young man, you need to go talk to your pastor. And about three weeks after that, my pastor got arrested. Just telling you the truth. And I thought, man, if he can fall, where am I going to be? I, I thought he was a, a, holy, a holy man, you know. I thought everything was great. I'm not saying he was perfect, but, but what I did is I put him up on a pedestal. I beg you, don't put me on a pedestal because God belongs on the pedestal. Amen? I'm with you. I'm, I'm at the feet of Jesus. It's where I am. And so he got arrested and then I began to question that, and I, I said, surely God, God can't be calling me to preach. I was 18 years old, and, and I was just out of high school, and, and I was young. And, and just to be honest with you, the 18-year-old brain's not real mature, amen? And so I, there were things that I didn't understand, and so I ran from God. And I began to let things slip. This is just my testimony, okay? I'll give you my testimony. I'll tell you the truth. And, and, and I began to get in a place where I didn't read my Bible, where I didn't pray, where I, sometimes I would skip church. And when I was at church, I didn't pay attention. And I, went to, I, I never went to sleep, but I would just zone the preacher out and say, let's get on with this thing. You know, I was just there out of habit. And I was out of the will of God because I began to let everything slip. You know how long I stayed out of the will of God? For seven years. I mean, I was, I was, I, I'm not saying I was out just, just, you know, doing the worst things in the world, but I wasn't in the will of God. And I'd let things slip, and I had forgot things that I had heard growing up, and I had forgotten things that were in the Word of God. And I let them slip, and I was miserable. People, you know, people are miserable this, this morning, right? I mean, I look around and, and we live in a depressing world. We really do. And, and people, a lot of folks, they're, they're just, they get miserable. And some of it may be because we're just simply out of the will of God. 
can I challenge you? And, and by the way, in case you haven't noticed, I'm talking to Christians, amen? Because I'm talking about people that are saved. Did you know that you can be saved and be on your way to heaven and be miserable? Did you know that? It's possible. I preached a sermon one time when I, was, when I had just started pastoring. I, was, I thought I was a hot shot, you know. And I went in there and, and I preached a sermon and I entitled it, Are You Enjoying or Enduring the Journey to Heaven? And I thought, that's a good question, right? Now, a, lot of, a lot of us are just gritting our, gritting our teeth and making it through. But I think God wants us to live with this life with joy. But you can't live with joy if you let everything that you know just slip away. I'm not saying you're backslidden. I'm just saying that you're not in the will of God. Are you with me? Everybody still awake? And so we read this. I'm going to continue reading. So back to our Bibles. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. He said, For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. And then a question is asked. And the Bible Ask a lot of questions, but this is a good question. And so we're going from the Christian person to the person that don't know God this morning. And if that's you, you know it's you. And he says, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him so there's a difference this morning did you know between letting something slip and neglecting something neglect we don't like I don't like that word do you like that word neglect I don't like it I think it's an ugly word don't you when I think of neglect the first thing I guess that comes to my mind is child neglect is that what y'all think about Victoria you think about that? See, before, before I was a pastor, I worked in probation. That's where Andrew works now. And just in case you know, so if you're on probation, don't, don't, don't show your face to Andrew. And so what I would see a lot of times is I would see these folks on probation, and a lot of times they would have neglected their children, and that's how they got to me. And Victoria, she works for DCS, and we see neglect. And what neglect is, is it's just completely disregarding. Just disregarding, just, just turning, essentially turning your back on your children. And see, the thing about it is, he says, how shall we escape? What, what's he talking about escaping? He's talking about escaping eternal judgment. He's talking about escaping uh, hell. He's talking about escaping uh, having to, to live in fire for eternity. And he says, how shall we escape? He says, if we neglect so great a salvation, so great salvation. Let's talk about salvation for a minute. And this is what struck me on Tuesday to preach this sermon. Is what a wonderful thing it is that we have is salvation. I'm glad this morning that I'm saved, aren't you? If you're a Christian, you ought to rejoice in the fact that we have escaped you know, we, we haven't escaped this world. We haven't got out of the curse and all the things that we're having to deal with. But we have ultimately escaped hell. We have escaped the clutches of Satan. And for that, I am thankful. I am so glad to be saved this morning. I'm glad to be on my way to heaven. I'm, I'm glad that, have, that, that Larry had the testimony. You know, we, can, we are assured he's in heaven this morning and he escaped that awful judgment. He said, but how shall we escape? He said, if we neglect salvation. 
Let's talk about this for a minute. See, what, what's happening here right now, just in case, I'm going to give you a play-by-play. -play. I like to watch sports, and I like play-by-plays. What happens is a lot of time a preacher preaches, and, and the Holy Spirit starts dealing with people. Because the Holy Spirit is how you get drawn to God. Amen? Did you know that I can't say anything? I, I cannot be eloquent enough. I understand I'm not very eloquent. I, I get that. But I, there's no way I can be eloquent or explain it in such a fashion that I myself can talk you into being saved. The Holy Spirit has to do that. That has to come directly from God. And so what happens is so many times the Word of God is preached just like it's being preached this morning and, and we know things and I didn't have to educate you probably about who God is and, and all these things we started and now we're talking about salvation. And so you hear the word salvation and if you're unsaved you realize probably that there is a need in your heart. You realize that there is a need in your life for Jesus. But then you do something. You just kind of turn your back on God. Can I tell you this morning, that's dangerous. That is so dangerous. If you're lost here this morning, I don't have a sermon like this by accident. God, God gave me this sermon over a week ago. So there's somebody lost here this morning. And in your mind, you're thinking, wow, it's, it's almost uh, 15 to 11. If we can just get out of here. If he would just shut up, man, I hope he doesn't have three more points, and I don't, okay? If we can just move on, I can, I can quit thinking about that. Did you know that God wants you to be saved? The Bible says this. It says that, that God would have all men to come to repentance. He said, whosoever will come and drink of the water of life. In Revelation, one of the last things that Jesus said, He said, whosoever will, let him come. Let him come and, and do what? Drink of the water of the fountain of life freely. It's a free gift. It can't be earned. We, we, we don't get it by baptism. We don't get it by laying on of hands. We get it by simply accepting Jesus into our heart. And I'm glad it's not works-based. I'm glad it's not man-made. I'm glad that we can only get saved through God's wonderful power. And my, what a blessing it is that He can look at us as undeserving as we are, as, as pitiful as we are in ourselves, and as sinful as we are, and say, I'm going to send my son to die for those people. Why would you neglect that? We don't neglect many free gifts, do we? I mean, I, I, said, I think I said it last week or the week before, I like free stuff. You know, if I had a, I don't have it on me, I don't have my wallet, but if I had my wallet on me and laid a $100 bill up here on the altar and I said, the first one to get here, get it, and you can have it, man, y'all be beating each other's head in to get that $100 bill, wouldn't you? Tanner and Mason, they'd be the one, they'd be on the ground. They'd be fighting over it, right? And, and whichever one of them got it, they'd go, they'd go buy a new video game or whatever it is that they buy and it'd, it'd be gone. You know what the awesome thing about salvation is? When you get it, it's, it's in your heart. You, you don't just spend it away. You have God. He said, why, why would you neglect that? He said, how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Which was at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. 
I just, I just want to tell you this morning that, that no matter how many times you've neglected him, if, if God is dealing with you this morning, get saved right now. It's not about how many times you've put him off. It's not about how many times you've neglected them. It, it's about getting saved right now. Because this is real and time is short. I'm being as honest with you as I can this morning, and I can't be any other way. That what, what we would love to see this morning and what we've been praying for, I pray for it every day, is for people that are lost in this church to be saved. We need to, now the church, we, we've let some things slip. We've probably uh, let it slip about going out into the world and telling them about Jesus. I want to see people from outside the church get saved. Don't you, church? But you know what I would love to see is people that are in the church get saved. See, there's some folks that are here that, that need to get right with the Lord. And, and that's, just, that's just the truth. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I, I don't want you to feel rotten. But what I want you to know is, is that God cares about you this morning. And God has this great salvation. And it's free and it's wonderful. I think Christians should walk around and be able to tell people how wonderful salvation is. Don't you? You know, how you, you know how you understand how, salva how great it is? I'm going to explain it to you like this. Is it hot in here to anybody besides me? Is it just because I'm wearing a jacket? Anybody? Are you hot, Mason? You're cold? I, I preached a revival one time that I could have sold this for 10 bucks from the pulpit. I mean, I could have had me an auction. You remember that, Lacey? I mean, I was, I was drenched. This is my favorite beverage in the world right here. And everybody's had this. But if you had never had this before, and I tried to tell you how good it was, you just wouldn't get it, would you? I could, I could tell you, well, it, it's, it's tasteless, and it's clear, and it's cooling, and it's refreshing, and it's good. But until you do this right here, and this was not an excuse to get a drink of water, okay? Until you do that, you'll never know. Until you experience it for yourself, you have no idea how good the salvation of God is. He said it's great salvation. It's wonderful. We could put all kinds of adjectives in there and many ways to say, man, God's salvation is the best thing that's ever happened. And it is. We have the opportunity to go to heaven. Why would we not do that? He said, let's not neglect this. He says, the Christians, he says, don't let them slip. But the other word is neglect salvation. That word is only used three other times in the entire Bible. But here he talks about neglecting salvation. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. And Sister Lauren, uh, just, just, just Sister Lauren come to the piano. I just want you to play. And, and I know this message is, is a little different. It's, it's not... Three points like, like I usually preach. But I want you to understand that we're getting down to a time when Jesus comes back and people will not be able to get saved. People will not be able to escape that judgment. So just, just bow your heads for just a minute and close your eyes. And, and I'm not going to drag this out a long time. I'm not one of those, those types. But the first person I want, I want to, to be examining their self is the Christian. Are you concerned this morning for the lost people in the church? Or is that something that we've let slip away? See, that's something that I didn't talk about is the, the concern and, and the, the Great Commission. All these things. 
but who I really preached this message to this morning. And I don't know how to put it any more plain. I didn't try to dress it up. I didn't try to give you a, a, a big story to go with it. I just want you to understand that if you're lost here this morning, that God wants to save you. That God wants you to go to heaven for eternity. That, that, that God has chosen you and He said, Whosoever will shall be saved. It's, it's so easy. It's so simple. All you do is just believe I cannot save you this morning. This church does not save you. We believe as, as free will Baptists, we believe in, in grace through faith. And that is it. Through our faith in Jesus Christ. And I'll be honest with you, I would love to see somebody saved this morning. I would love to see somebody walking out and come down here to an altar and turn their life over to Jesus. And somebody does. But are you just going to turn your back on God again? Are you just going to say, God, I, I, I know that you want to save me, and Lord, I know that you love me, but I've turned my back on you so many times that it's, it's almost gotten easy to do that? My goodness, I hope it's not an easy process for somebody to re reject God this morning. My prayer is that someone would, would come to know Jesus and that, that people would, would be serious about this thing called Christianity. God is not playing games with us. This is eternity. This is life or death. But we get to choose. I like those license plates. They say choose life. I ask you this morning, choose life. Choose life through God. And if that's you, I ask you to come. I wish I could come and, and get you by the hand and drag you up here. Not possible. It's impossible for me to do that and somebody to get saved by my will God is not willing that anybody should perish but that all should come to repentance I'm going to pray let's stand for just a minute it may be easier if somebody's ready to come let's stand and people will come and pray for you and pray with you I'll pray with you Brother Tanner's right here he's a, he's a preacher he knows how to lead people Brother Mason can show you how to be saved and we'll make sure that you know Jesus Christ is your Savior before you leave here this morning but I'm going to pray and if you feel that need you can come to this altar and I'll take you to the book of Romans God we love you and Lord I thank you for this wonderful word and Lord, it absolutely breaks my heart that the message can go out and nobody's willing to be saved. God, I just pray that you would continue to move, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would continue to do His work in our lives. And Lord, I just pray that you would strengthen the Christians, Lord, and, and we could help with those things that have slipped. But God, I pray most of all that you would continue to deal with the lost heart. God, I pray that you would continue to give that person the opportunity to be saved before it's too late. Lord, I don't want to see anybody not make it to heaven. God, help this morning. Lord, move in this service.